It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys whose bodies have been toned and sculpted by craft beer, Chris and the Riz. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 423. Detroit Lions are ready for 2022. It's our season. Let's do this. Uh, this is an official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, Jeff Riz Risden. How are you doing, bud? Good, man. It's good to be good to be with you. Good to be talking football that actually matters. I can't. I cannot wait for Sunday. I can't wait for Sunday. I'm so excited. I'm already stoked for tomorrow. Right? At least we have football tomorrow. As we record this, we're 24 hours away. Um, got a lot to talk about today. Uh, Big V. Who's going to be replacing Big V? What happened to Big V? Um, the play calling mystery surrounding the Detroit Lions. Uh, we have a new coach. You may not have heard about that. Hard knocks finale. That hit. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more. We got a great show lined up. Riz, you ready to go, man? Hey, yo, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I dropped the ball on that. <laughs> Let's kick this off and break it down. <laughs> oh, we had such a great surprise. Pulled. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> not my fault for once. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll take that one. I'll take it on the yeah, I'll so take it wherever you want. You, uh, people who have been around this podcast know that voice instantly. For those of you who don't, this case. Not <laughs> <laughs> the first time I messed up either. <laughs> Welcome back, Case. How you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you, gentlemen? I, I think Riz is good. I'm pretty good also. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Um, we got a lot going on. Casey, Casey just pinged us before and he, he had a little bit of, uh, free time and he was said, Hey, I got a question for you guys. I was like, well, pop on, man. Let's do do this. I do. I do. I do. I, I, I think I have a question that, that will, uh, incite some, uh, intrigue. So I don't know if you want me to drop it right now or if you want to, if we want to get in some things first or let's just do it. Let's go, let's go right into it. I'm interested in what, what you got. Okay, so purely hypothetical. 
what would it take for the Lions to win the Super Bowl this year? These nuts? I'm do it. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. We got to fix your drop buttons, buddy. All right. <laughs> That's what it's going to take. <clears throat> All right, uh, boy, to win the Super Bowl, that's a big one, Riz. Win the Super Bowl, I'm, I can't right, even right. fathom that. The, the, I, I, I just want to make the playoffs. That I'm, that I'm, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Don't misunderstand the, the question. Like, wow. Right. This is not UK saying the Lions are going to make the Super Bowl. This are like what? It, right. What would it take for that? Would that to make that happen? Right. Right. All right. Right. I so. We'll we'll put the words miracle aside, right? But I think those are probably one of the, the, the big key pieces. <laughs> <clears throat> but the, it's it, it would have to be. How one of those. is it? It's more or less like the best case scenario. Like how possibly could things go so well this year that this team was a real? And and I'm not saying that's a that's a thing that's actually going to happen. It's just a you know I, I feel like yeah. it's a. Uh, it's a good mental exercise. So I think, and, and what do you think? I think it's something that absolutely would have to happen, like the nine and seven uh, Giants kind of back backwarding their way in, and then just outperforming all expectations. I mean, isn't isn't that really kind of the the baseline to get in and make it work? Yeah, just getting in. If you're in it, you can win it. And that's like buying a lottery ticket. You can't win the lottery if you don't buy the ticket. If they can get there and they get hot, we, we've seen teams get hot. The Giants are a great example. The Bengals last year are a great example of a team that wasn't the best in the regular season, but was the best in January. That's that's asking, that's asking a lot, man. But it, it, it's you, if they get there, they do have a chance. That's, that's the long and short of it. I, I would think they're going to have to get really lucky on the injury front, and and every team says that. But when you say that, you're talking about, like, you can't lose half your starting offensive line, your starting secondary, your right. starting quarterback, your number one wide receiver, and your tight end. And uh, right. they, they lost all that last year. You, you have to um, sweep. I feel, like, I feel like Green Bay losing Aaron Rodgers for the season would be one of those things that would be – you know, that would be helpful. If, if, if yeah. Green Bay lost Aaron Rodgers for the season, then maybe it's a possibility. If you swept them, I think you'd need to sweep them, and then he could get taken out by yeah. another team potentially, or he goes down. That would be something. Um, let's think about who else in the division, though. The NFC, you'd have to. You, the Rams. I mean, that's that's a team. Rams are tough. The Eagles are tough. The the. The, the Buccaneers are not going anywhere. With yeah. the, I think the Saints are going to be solid. 49ers are not a joke, despite what they're doing with their quarterback situation, which is very much a joke. <laughs> there's, there, there's, there's some good teams there. I no, Like I said, none of this was intended to be a realistic outcome. <laughs> it just is like, what, what ultimately can you provide a step-by-step of how in a weird alternate universe, the Lions managed to win the Super Bowl this year. And I think, you know, you have to see an injury to Aaron Rodgers yeah. because he can't, like, there's no way the Lions can get past the Packers in the division. 
if he's there. JMO has to step in and and just destroy, right? I mean, barring injury, Trey Lance has to. Trey Lance has to be absolutely terrible for the 49ers, you know? Like, how do we make it past every step of the way to be, you know? Yeah. It's just a it's just an exercise in futility. <laughs> I'm sure it is worth a talk. <laughs> I I just I just want to get to a postseason where there's a legitimate chance to win. And right. I, I, I want oh, meaningful no, games after Christmas because they actually played three games after Christmas this year. It'd be nice if, if they had more than that. <laughs> that's that's yeah. I think that's 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 big. And we talked about this a little bit last week. And one of the things that we we really kind of think about is people's expectations on the team, especially, I mean, that last Hard Knox episode was so good. We'll talk about that, but people are feeling, I'm, I'm feeling a real sense that people are a little overinflating what they're going to see out of the team this year. And I want to help people. We started a little bit last week, but help people keep those expectations in check. The idea that they, they bumble off their way, like the, um, uh, like the, the, those guys, the giants did into the playoffs, Sure, it's 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 possible. I wouldn't count on it. I just would not count on that being the way, the way this team flies this year. And um, again, would love it, would love it. But I think you know, I mean, I I've, I'm probably on the high end, Riz. I'm like a seven or eight win kind of guy for this team. I think this year, and I recognize I'm in the high end, and I and I don't want people to to flip out and get mad at that. But the, the team's heading in the right direction and doing it in a way that they've never done that we can I can remember. I mean, since Wayne Fonts, maybe as far as building a team out, the whole the the way that everybody is on the same page, and you know, to, to steal from PJ Fleck, rowing the boat in the same direction. It's a cliche, but it, it's actually a pretty good one because it's it's very apropos for what this Lions team is doing. Yeah, I I, I picked them to go six and eleven. Uh, that was my official picks. It's up at Real GM right now. Went, went live this morning. I picked the final standings for all thirty two teams. I do not have them in last place. Um, in fact, I don't think I have them with a top eight pick. I think I think I have them as the ninth worst team, which is that that's a big upgrade. And they're absolutely capable of doing more than that. But from where the injuries are already, which we're going to talk about, to the lack of serious high-end talent relative to some of the other teams that they would have to get ahead of, they, they just don't have that yet. They're getting there. And they have the capability of, of building into that, but I, I don't see it yet this year. Not not quite. Yeah. Do you guys want somebody to be a downer? Because I'll be a downer. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I actually agree with Jeff 100% on the record prediction, uh, but if they end up in that spot, number nine in the draft, um there are too many other teams ahead of them that will likely be looking to replace their quarterback uh, that have the capital to do so that the Lions will be in a difficult position to um, significantly upgrade the quarterback's position if Jared Goff is not, you know. If, if he is what, I, hey, look, like I know that there's been a lot of stuff 
over this off season that's positive about him. And, and I, I'm not trying to deny any of that. Like, I think he's a good guy. Um, but if he ends up being the mediocre quarterback that we've seen out of him in the past and the lions win seven, eight, nine game, uh, uh, games. Yeah. That they're going to be in a tough spot as far as being the ones who want to draft a new quarterback next year. And it is, it, as much as there are more options in next year's draft than there were in this last one, because this last one was terrible. Yeah. It's going to be difficult for the Lions to come away with a new guy that's going to, you know, inspire for the future. Yeah, the Lions, I mean, with two picks this year, they've also got next year's pick. I mean, they've got ammo, I think, to be able to, to do some things if they're if they're there. I don't know that they'll necessarily be at that point by the end of this year. I think they'll have a, a good push going this year, though, where they're at. Um, and Steve Shattuck in the chat with winning the Super Bowls away is way, but getting past Green Bay isn't as far, in his opinion. I think that's right. I think the, the overcoming Aaron Rodgers piece is going to happen sooner then later, just by by Aaron leaving on one hand, or or whatever we'll be else, much that. longer. But yeah. uh, I, I I I cannot say this enough: the Packers have the best defense in the NFC. Yep. Do not overlook their yeah. defense; they're really really yeah. good, folks. I hate to say that, but you, you got to acknowledge it. That, that 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 that's a defense that has playmakers at all three levels, uh, and not many teams can say that. Yeah. Um, I just back to the quarterback for a second. Don't limit your line of thinking to the new quarterback to the draft. Russell Wilson got traded this offseason. Like, Baker Mayfield moved. We're, we're, we're seeing an era where quarterbacks are more mobile and, and teams are willing. To, Deshaun Watson got traded with L. The hell was going on with him? There, there's there's going to be some unexpected movement, and the Lions could get involved in that. Lamar Jackson, free agent at the end of the season. Doesn't look like they're getting anything done in Baltimore. You never know. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but I you never know. You can't rule it out these days. There, there are more ways to skin that cat than just uh, drafting a new one. I was about to ask you who you thought might be available next year. Uh, and Lamar Jackson is maybe the number one option, but I don't know who yeah. else might be available next year. <laughs> I just had this feeling of like uh, I was going to be walking around with any pants on. That's right, Coach. <laughs> You <laughs> Lamar Jackson, that'd be that'd be unbelievable. Um, I would say that I also think there are a lot of quarterbacks in this draft that are interesting right now. We saw Anthony Richardson at Florida, um, who right now is a guy that's generally not that mock drafts mean anything at this time of year, but he's generally projected as a late first round guy. You're picking eight to twelve. Like Stroud's going to go one or two. Well, he and, and uh, the, the pass rusher from Alabama are the first two picks in the draft. There's zero doubt in my mind about that right now. Yeah. Who knows what's going on with Bryce Young? If people like a five foot eleven, one hundred and seventy eight pound quarterback who wilts under pressure um, because he plays at Alabama, he's going to get a bump. Um, I I look at him and I see Vernon Adams. Um, I don't I don't even see Tua. Uh, so I'm I'm a little I'm I'm a little not riding that train yet, but he's certainly got potential to to shut me up and prove me wrong. You know, Will Levis is out there. Uh, the dude from from Boston College, Jerkovich, had a great first game. I watched some of that this morning. Like there, there's this is a good this is a good year to need a quarterback, and that happens to coincide with the timeline where the Lions could, if they need to, move on from Jared Goff. 
I I kind of like that yeah. idea. I, I don't know who, if you guys watched the Florida game this weekend. I did, of course, because, you know, first one of the season, Sun Freshman, all that. Uh, Richardson, they call him AR-15, um, was He fired. hates that, by the way. Yeah, I know, I know. He was fired, dude. <laughs> he was fired. He looked really, really good out there. I'm like, this guy plays like that yeah. all season, and he's going to be uh He's going to be a big, a big. A if big, you big. liked Malik Willis, but you wanted Malik Willis to actually be able to complete a pass that was shorter than 15 yards and also see over the offensive line because Malik's only six feet tall, um, Richardson's <laughs> six, four. Yep. That's your guy. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the guy. Any, any, any uh, jackrabbits catching your eye there, Riz? Or a uh, uh, case? <laughs> No, no. I, I don't know anything about SCSU. If I can avoid it, I don't know about it. <laughs> there you go. It's only was that who, was that who Iowa player was the only one. I should know that. Zach Center is the only one, and he will, he will always be the only one. So. <laughs> All right, Case. Hey, we're going we're gonna to get rocking. We're going to uh, pop through this. Um, Riz, Riz, it's a big day for Riz. Hey, let's actually let's hit this real quick. We just hit the case, folks that, that that haven't heard or didn't know. We've talked about it a couple times. So if you missed it, case fell in love, wound up getting married, doing all the things that, that little guys do, and then you know in right. that in that in that uh, in that vein, Riz's anniversary is today, and here he is spending it with yes. us. What a good guy! Yes, this is my happy anniversary, honey. Also, He's his daughter right outside that door. Um, it's our twenty sixth anniversary today, so kind of cool. I also saw that his daughter had a birthday, so happy birthday. Yeah, my, my daughter my daughter's birthday she turns fourteen tomorrow, so thank you for that. I will let her know that you said that. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Case. Um, seems like seems like she's crushing it in volleyball. So uh, she's she's really, really, really good. <laughs> she didn't get that from that me. That does not surprise me. She's got good genes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> Definitely. All right, brother. We will talk to you maybe as early as Friday. More to come on that case. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate you, brother. Hey, case. love you, boys. All right. Thanks for checking in. We bye miss bye. you. Bye bye. We miss you, case. Yeah, I miss you guys too. <laughs> Uh, Casey, oh, it was good to hear from Case. I miss that guy. His timing was terrible on that joke, but it was great to. I, <laughs> I even pay, and, and you know how stupid I am at playing along with things. Like you gotta, like you have to, like send me messages and cue cards and like flash it in neon lights or something. And I, I occasionally still drop it. I did my part. All right, let's get into this Lions <laughs> stuff. Let's talk Lions here. Uh, first off, Big V, Hala Paluti Vitae. Halapaluta Vati Vitae. God, I got that extra there you go. in there. Halapaluta um, Vati Vitae. <laughs> he's out with an injury. Um, really, really hurting some people's feelings. And I, I'm frustrated. Here we are starting out the season as we did. I mean, we talked about, yeah, they didn't get any, they didn't play a snap together, the big five. And we're starting with Big V out this year. This this really sucks, Riz. Who, who are they going to have in there to, to, to try to replace Big V? That's a great question because Tommy Kramer is the most logical candidate and he was out from practice today with a back injury too. That's not good. What's up with us? So it's looking, it's looking like Logan Stenberg time, which if we watched the last couple of preseason games, hell yeah, man, give me that guy. Yeah. Um, I just worry that the guy that I watched for two and a half years before that, who stunk like gets out there. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and, and I guess Kramer was just limited 
But um, there's, I, I know Dan talked about, oh, we can move Sewell inside. We can move Jack. No, what you do when you have an injury, you don't move multiple pieces. You replace the injured part. You don't make other places weaker to fix the injured part. You, you, right. you trust the Tommy Kramer or Logan Stenberg can fill in and handle their business. They both did it in the preseason. I thought, I thought Kramer played pretty well in the preseason. I thought Stenberg was phenomenal in the preseason. Yeah. Let's let's see if that can carry over. The, uh, uh, I hate to break it up again, but I talked about it last week. I watched Wyatt Teller go from a guy that the Bills could not wait to get rid of to an all-pro right guard in the span of about six weeks. Mm-hmm. It can happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen with Logan Stenberg, but maybe we should see if it can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely worth seeing. He's got a heck of a teacher in Hank Fraley. We'll talk a little bit about that and him uh, in a little while here, but – you know, this is especially against the Eagles defense. You talked about Green Bay, and I actually picked up Green Bay in my fantasy league around, uh, around probably earlier than you would start grabbing defenses because they're that good, and I believe they're that good. Um, right there with them, saw it in the chat. Right there with them is Philadelphia's defense. They have a good, strong defense as well, and I, I hate. And their line is good, man. And I so I'll, I'll share this. I was on a I've done a lot of Eagles media this week, and one that I did. They talked about playing Javon Hargrave, who is their version of a Lee McNeil, except he's a little bit more seasoned, and playing Jordan Davis, their first-round pick, the guy from Georgia that a lot of Lions fans wanted, playing them together in the middle to stop the Lions' run game. <laughs> and that's, like, I, I don't, I don't want to say that that's, that's – like that, that, that scares me a little bit, hey, frankly, because they, they're really good on the outside. Now, their linebackers, they don't give a crap about their linebackers. That's the, the, the NFL way. Um, they're not terrible, but uh, they are a team that if you can't, if you can't balance against them, you got Darius Slade waiting to pick a pass off. You got Chauncey Gardner Johnson back there lurking. They, they just they, got him. Little do they know that, that Swift won't run up the middle. They're wasting that talent. <laughs> oh, the only the worst runner between the tackles in the NFL last year. Yeah, there's statistical evidence backing that up. Unfortunately, yep, yep, yep. So you have that. Uh, I see a chat uh, in the chat. Andrew saying he put Ragnow at guard and Brown at center. We've got Ragnow. Absolutely not with a gro- no. <laughs> Ragnow. Let's just start with Ragnow with a groin injury. Uh, limited yeah. practice. He was at practice, but limited. And that really, that's a drag, too, because Ragnall's so important. He, I think, plays, even if he's injured. I do, too. He's a guy that played with a broken throat and didn't care. Um, I see him on the field out there for this team. And- I forgot about that. That's right. I, for- I totally forgot about it. Yeah, he did play with a broken, yeah. a broken throat, like yeah. a legitimate diagnosis of that. You do not move a player from a position of strength to a position of weakness to fill in a potential position of weakness. Then you're creating two potential weaknesses. Yep. He hasn't played guard in a hell of a long time. He hasn't practiced there at all. Nor, by the way, has Evan Brown. Evan Brown, has not, I don't think he's taken more than 25 snaps at guard all offseason. He is their backup center, period. Uh, so you don't, need to, you don't need to do any of that funky movie. You don't move Sewell in to get Matt Nelson in the lineup at right tackle. I know they toyed with that. I, I think they actually ran a couple of sits in practice with that today. But <laughs> please don't do that. Just you've, you've got one guy out. Don't shuffle five things around to replace the one guy. Plug in the guys that you think are capable of being a replacement. Otherwise, it wouldn't be on your team. Like, like, what are you doing if you're if you're bringing the guys in that you don't you don't trust to play on your in the positions that they're they're set for? Right. I, that, that that would be a failure to me. 
I'm I'm wondering. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to figure out what game was it that Ragnow broke his throat. Said he didn't even realize it. And then at the end of the year, um, it's December 16th. I have to look at last year's uh, schedule to figure when that was. It was the game after the Minnesota win. Um, not only did he not realize it and he still played, he was recommended not to play at the end of the year and still went in and played with that with a broken friggin' throat. Ragnow will play. I mean, Grizzly Man outdoors, yeah, Grizzly Man indoors. I don't care where you're at. He's a Grizzly Man. <laughs> he he will he will play if if there's any possibility. So I think we see Ragnow at center. I don't see uh, him putting out to guard as as you said, Riz. Um, yeah. All right. So there's there's that. Any other big injuries of note, Riz? That we want to we want to kick. kick I mean, <clears throat> Levi Anzorike is still out. Um, if he was back at practice on a limited basis today, that's a good thing because they're, they're kind of thin at safety. If, if he can get out on the field and, and I don't know if he's going to go or not, I will be at Friday's practice. I was not there today. I won't be there tomorrow because it's my daughter's birthday. <laughs> I'm not missing that, but, uh, I, uh, I, I'm kind of optimistic from, from what I understand. He, he looked pretty good. So they were, they're trying him out. Yeah. Other than, um, Austin Cyber. Um, question. Well, he's not questionable yet. He missed. He was limited in practice. It's not good. It, it sort of helps explain why they brought uh, uh, Aldrich Rosas back on their practice squad as a kicker. Yeah. Um, you got to have somebody that can kick. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And they did bring Darren Paulo back to the practice squad today. Saw that uh, just before we went on and put that up. Um, he played actually pretty well this off season. Um, so at least they have somebody who knows their offensive system that can come in and practice. Um, and, and not miss a beat. They don't have to like teach him like, Hey, this is, this is our calls. You know, he knows that stuff already. So yeah. I'm glad that he was still on the street. And that would explain also why they cut Derek Deese yesterday yeah. um, from the practice squad. And uh, I Deese don't nuts. know if he, I don't know if he left town, honestly, I, I think he <laughs> might still be lingering around. Yeah. Detroit, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> lingering around. Deese nuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, bring Tyrell Cos- Crosby in at guard. LOL. Don Burt, Don's great. If you, you watch him in any kind of show, right? he's hilarious. I love Don. Um, Tyrell Crosby, the funny part is, and I'm only going to go this far, is the opposite of Frank not right now with an injury. We'll just put it like that. <laughs> um, let's see. Again, I've worked uh, stuff getting in the way. So I hurt my adenoid, Chris. I got to sit out a week. <laughs> um, work stuff in the way, so I can't stay. But thanks for what you, you guys do. Always great. Thank you, Jeffrey and Tina. Members for eight Thank months you. of the DLP winner circle. Thanks for supporting us on the, on the, uh, on the site like that, on the YouTuber. All right. Um, anyway, any other injuries that we need to cover? Mr. Risden. Julian Aquara looks like he's going to go. So that's good. That means that they, 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 they easy for me to say, they have their top four defensive ends ready to play an Eagles team that stresses the hell out of your defensive ends. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a big one. All right, um, let's get into the big lions mystery right now. And I, I don't have any woo sounds, but there's a miss. Oh, I can do this. We have a big lions mystery going on right now. And the question is, who is going to be calling the plays for the lions this year? My oh my was Mr. Campbell Coy when he was asked. The, the the gloves are off. Nobody knows. I think we now have the ultimate strategic advantage against anybody who we'd be playing because they don't know who to look for to try to steal our signals. Right, Riz? 
maybe maybe I'm overstating. I, I really enjoyed how much fun Dan had with that question at the press conference. On, was that Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday? One of those days. He was clearly enjoying himself, um, probably a little too much that early in the morning. <laughs> he was. Uh, look, Ben Johnson called the plays all summer. Uh, we've seen no indication that he is not going to be calling the plays, but I kind of like what Dan is like, you know, Hey, I, I got the itch or uh, the urge, whatever. <laughs> I kind of like that. He's still holding that out there. Like may, may Johnson prove that he's earned that and proving that he can keep it. Like, like, Hey man, if, if you're not getting it done, I'm going to take over again. Um, I, I think that's, that is just my speculation on this. I don't know this. I'm just, I, I think that's, I think that's part of his rationale there in, in doing what he did is like, Hey man, like, yeah, I trust you, but if, if it ain't working, I'm <laughs> so damn the Anthony Lynn last year. <laughs> you know, like, don't get too comf- don't, don't get too cocky. Don't get cocky, kid. <laughs> I think I think a lot of it is just him putting as much smoke out there and being as Dan Campbell as possible. And when you look at again the the Rams game last year was probably the the first inclination that Dan Campbell is going to be a riverboat gambler kind of play caller, right? Where we're going to we're going to our opening drive, right? Our opening kick is going to be uh an onside kick, right? It's like what? Yeah, let's go for it on fourth down. He we made it last time, let's go again. <laughs> he wants to be unpredictable. I think the question about who's calling plays is almost exactly the same as who's making football decisions. Is Rod Wood in charge of the team? Oh, you know what? There's a lot of teamwork going on. I think there's a lot of probably talking about schemes. Someone will be the point person. It may not be the same person every game. It may not be. But somebody will be the point person for uh, their idea of how they want to attack the team that they're playing against. Um, there's a lot of talk that we've seen with Goff and some other people about the collaboration on the plays that they're, they're built out and the playbook and how they're running the offense. Um, I think this collaboration is going straight into how they handle the play calling. And frankly... Um, we'll see how it plays out. I'm not concerned yet. I'm not concerned by this approach. I think it's innovative. I think it's new and I'm interested to see how it turns out. I'm, I'm, I go back to the Patricia era and I think about, you know, how we were trying to build Why? the 1986 <laughs> Giants, that, right? We weren't innovating on anything. And what I like about this team now, and that's what makes made Sean McVay great. And the teams that have been great had something new. The RPO for a while was old new and, and confounded offenses for a season and a half. Um, the idea that we're innovating and trying something different, that's how you become one of those teams. That's how you get to that point. And you find something that other people don't know how to counter right away and have to figure out. I like it. I'm interested to see how it works and, and, and what it does for the team. Hopefully it's positive. <laughs> Uh, again, they have options if, 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 if for whatever reason, Ben Johnson isn't performing satisfactorily, and I sincerely don't think that's going to happen. Dan can take over. Deuce can take over. Mark Brunel has called plays. Um, he called he called his own plays in Jacksonville for years and years. They, they gave him that sort of autonomy. If he didn't like what he saw at the line, we're going to my check. Um, they, they got a lot of options there. I'm not, I'm not concerned about it at all. This is something – that about half the NFL fan bases every year go through like, Oh, who's going our place. And like by week two, it when you're watching the game, maybe 10% of you, maybe will remember who's calling the place. Yeah. Or it will be in your four, four, four brain, your consciences up here um, while you're watching it. And instead of thinking about like, Oh crap, what, what can't the wide receiver get open or 
golf, quit throwing it, you know, where, to, where you are, or, oh, what a great run. You know, it, it's just not something that it only comes up when it's a problem. And we don't know that it's a problem yet. And to your point, Chris, that's why I think we're probably more worried than we need to be at this point. Overstinking it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Oh, Bruce. So the Lions played 500 ball over the last six games of the seasons. Do y'all think they're not a significantly more solid team than then? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think everybody got better. I think the Lions are better. And I think, you know, the what was it? Three, four games that were by a, 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 a fluky or a late score or within, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity for the Lions to make a big leap in the in the numbers this year. The ball has to fall a little right. Um, they're definitely better. They're definitely going to be putting more out there. So we'll see. We'll see. I think there's uh, some good stuff coming from from the team. I think in some ways people are going to be really, really surprised. A little bit nervous about the defense. Um, excited to finally get some football. I'm a little bit, frankly, Riz, I'm a little bit terrified that people are going to freak out by the result of week one. And whether we win or lose, I keep saying this, week one is fool's gold. Don't bet your season on what happens on, 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 on week one. Whether it's a blowout either way, the close game, enjoy the football and give yourself three, four games a season to really understand what this team's identity is and what their approach is going to be and, and what we have as far as players on this team. You just you have to. It's a short preseason now. These are young guys, some new systems in place. There's there's a lot to, to get together. And uh, I think uh, Bill Belichick taught a lot of teams that those first couple games are, are knocking the dust off and kind of finding your your grind as a, as a team. So I, I just wouldn't put too much into what's happening here, especially in game one. Yeah, I, I, look, whether, whether they win or lose, don't overreact. Um, I don't know there's overreaction Mondays on that stuff, but my old radio partner, Jim Costa, has patented that, I think. Look, it's it's one week. Re- remember, um, there would be 2020, week one, the Jacksonville Jaguars went into Indianapolis and spanked the Colts. They did not win another game. <laughs> It wound up actually keeping the Colts out of the playoffs that year yeah. because they, they went. I think they. I think they went nine and seven, um, and, and needed that win to, to win the tiebreaker. So like week one is full of fluky outcomes. I'm writing my my picks piece for Real GM. Um, that's going to go up tomorrow. I do the football meteorology. This is year seventeen of doing it. Week one, my explanations are very like one paragraph max for every game because you just don't know in week one yeah. and, and you don't want to, And the other thing is you don't want to overreact to it in week two, especially if you're a gambler and let, let, let's say the lions come out and, and beat Philly. Um, they, they, and you know, they, they're plus three in the turnover margin. They, they make all their field goals. Um, they, they get a, you know, a, a pick six. Um, God, wouldn't it be great if Aiden Hutchins got a pick six or a strip six in his first game? Uh, that would be phenomenal. I, but I digress. And, and let's say they beat Philly um, 35-26. And you're thinking, hey, the Eagles, that, that team, most people are picking them to go to the playoffs, and we just beat them. Like, Super Bowl confirmed. Don't, don't, don't overreact. I mean, it's going to feel great and relish the victory. Enjoy it. Yeah. But don't go thinking, you know, hey, it's time to buy playoff tickets. Um, it might be, but don't. Then, then you could go into Washington or have Washington come into Detroit and you lose to Carson Wentz and that team. Um, you got to be real careful about <laughs> how much weight you put into any one individual game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, let's go on. Um, really quick, I want to talk about <laughs> the comedy of it all. Everybody listens to us. Lions are doing a scavenger hunt to win games for the first time. <laughs> 
first playing the season. Nobody's ever done it, right? We talk about it a month later. They're like, hey, look what we're doing. Anyway, we got something bigger, better coming on October 14th and 15th. We're doing our 24-hour uh, podcast for St. Jude raising money. This year, we're going to get over the $100,000 raised mark to fight cancer and help families of kids. With cancer, it's a it's a big thing we do. It's kind of putting our our hearts out there to help the the world and you know where we can do the things we can. Um, we're putting together a worldwide global scavenger hunt. Um, it's going to be a riot uh, in the next week, week and a half. We're going to open it up. Teams of four. If you have a team of less than four, you just have to pay the full entry fee. Um, everyone will get a shirt as part of taking part in it, and um, it's it's a great great time. And we'll have live video on the show as as the scavenger hunt goes on from people that are playing. We'll have winners that night, big prize packs, all that going on. So check it out. We'll uh, we'll let you know when tickets are available. But uh, the, it's October fourteenth. It's a Friday, and it'll be maybe a couple hours uh, scavenger hunt raising money all for St. Jude and uh, kids who could use a little little hand up at a time when uh, them and their families really need it. All right, let's get into Sean Dion Hamilton. Boy, he he is looking great in the backfield. Um, <laughs> or sideline, sideline. Uh, Sean Dion Hamilton is the newest coach in the Lions coaching staff. Riz, this is an... In, in, there's a couple things to talk about here in, in that pipeline from player to coach. There's, there's that. But here's a guy that we thought was really looking up last year before the injury, and we thought this year he was going to come back and really make a mark at the linebacker position. And, well, it looks like he is, but differently than we even anticipated. It's a different role on the linebacker room than we thought. Uh, he did. He just he didn't have the, the same juice that he had in 2021 yeah. before he got hurt. It was obvious. I, I think it was pretty obvious to him, obviously, because he's retired. He, he's <laughs> elected to – to pursue his coaching career. I believe he's 25. He might be 26 soon. Um, I mean, he, look, this is a guy, he's been hurt a lot. He, he got hurt at Alabama. He got hurt when he was with Washington, got missed last year. Like I, I get that his body, he has probably come to the conclusion that his body just isn't designed to play professional football. That happens. I'm happy that he didn't get hurt again to, to have that epiphany. And again, this is a guy, he's a football smart guy. He's a guy who communicates well with his teammates. This was a guy who was wearing the green dot in practice ahead of Alex Anzalone a year ago before he got hurt. Uh, and, and look, they, they gave him another shot to recapture it. It didn't work. Now he's now he's going to help coach. We don't know the exact title yet, but I will say that there was no assistant linebackers thing. Right. Um, a coach on the team. So. I, I would guess that's where he's going to be at. He's as currently an unnamed um, defensive assistant. By the way, we have to give Justin Rogers the credit for breaking the story. Yep. Um, he, he tweeted that out. Um, I quickly contacted somebody who said, yep, that's right. And uh, there, there you go. So and kudos you, to you, Justin, if for, you think for being of the, good. The coaching roster, you had a DeLonga hole. So <laughs> here you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Um, I guess if that run. Okay, so we got that. Kevin, yeah, thanks. Hit that like if you would. Uh quick yes. thanks to um as his name comes in, B Hoffman sixty-five. Thank you for the subscription. If you guys would subscribe, also like we'd appreciate it. Usually ask about once a show. That's what we like to try to do, not go crazy on it. But it does really, really help us out, help us uh get found by others out there and help other Lions fans find it. I, 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 I got it up on the phone here. There you go. Helps other Lions fans find their oasis in the sea of silliness that's out there. Like, subscribe. Thank you all for doing that. We appreciate that uh, big time for supporting the show. Sean Dion Hamilton running the sideline uh, as a coach for the Detroit Lions. Um, I love, I mean, again, you have a player 
who's coming in and brings in that credibility that uh, so many other players don't. And we'll talk about it when we talk about hard knocks here in the, in the finale, what the players said in their own voices to Brad and, uh, and Dan Campbell um, about what they're doing, what they're building and what they thought of them. And I think it says a lot. It says a lot about what they're building and the success of what they're building and their style in the, in this team. It's, it's really, really, it, it just it's it's a it's a it's a window into things that we didn't see. I will say really quick. There's the one thing I got to play this really quick because it's great. Uh, and I'll probably this will turn into a drop. I'm sure Campbell just play like he's around walking around in the field and he can't help himself dropping jokes. Here he goes. Are you pooping? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you pooping? Huh? What? Dude. <laughs> Such a great exchange. <laughs> Oh, I love me. No context, Dan Campbell is the best of Dan Campbell. <laughs> he's, he's absolutely fabulous. All right. Uh, really quick, this game is a sellout. Standing room tickets on sales the first time since, what, 1962? Maybe not that long, but it's been a long no. time. It's, been a uh, like it's uh, oh, I, I, knew, I know the answer to this. Um, the, by the way, these standing room tickets are almost sold out as well. So if you want them, go get them now yep. because they might not be available if you're listening to the audio-only version of this, which comes out, I believe, tomorrow morning on Thursday. They might be gone already. So you YouTube people, if you're watching <laughs> and you want tickets, go now. Go get them, thanks. <laughs> I, I, I had a seat. I couldn't make it to town, Riz. I, was, I feel so bad. I want oh, by the way, there. for those of you in the Slack channel, the Patreon Slack channel, the most intelligent lines chat on the internet, there is a member who has tickets that can't use them um, and has offered them up. So you might want to check that out in the main chat. There you go. There you go. All right. I, I want to also talk really quick about the ref. And we are going to kick off our game preview show on Friday again this week. So worry not. We will go in depth into what to expect, what to see from yeah. the Lions this week. It's every Friday. It'll be Friday. Somewhere between 5 and 8 o'clock we'll do it, depending on everyone's schedules and work and all that stuff, how that comes together. But this week it'll be 7 p.m. We will go live with your game preview of the Lions-Philadelphia Eagles game. But I want to get into one thing about that game here. <laughs> um, the referee for the Eagles at the Lions. A longtime favorite of the local dry cleaning community, Brad Allen and the crew. Brad, if you don't know, is very fond of dirtying those yellow flags with grass stains. Um, and He you, loves to throw those flags, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll tell you, you guys all know how much I was unhappy with um, – with Eric Ebron and the, the, his draft and his career with the Lions and all that. But the one time that I felt bad for him and he got completely jobbed by the refs was by Brad Allen against Tennessee. It was a complete phantom call for offensive pass interference that the ref didn't see because it did not happen. It was very clear that it didn't happen, but he somehow he, he saw uh, the action of the defensive player. And, and based on that, call the penalty that didn't exist. And there's nothing, as you know, nothing that makes me angrier than throwing a flag for a penalty that didn't happen because you as a ref are now calling something you didn't see. If you didn't see it, you can't call it. And, and, and when something like that happens, it drives me nuts. That was a, it was a first down. It was like, it took it to, to get the ball to like the 15. That was a game changer for us. Another one, you know, Whoa. from the rep, Brad Allen and crew. So, um, he is the guy who once threw twenty. His crew, you can't just blame Brad Allen for this. His crew threw twenty nine flags once in a Titans game. <laughs> wow, that's insane. 
could be a long afternoon. Um, he, he annually is one of the top two crews in terms of penalties thrown per game. Um, he also calls, and this, this is an interesting one, his crew calls defensive holding more than any other crew every year. So you got you to watch that. Now, th- we, we know we're, we're not a good idea about our cornerbacks. Darius Slay on the other side of the field. Like, I love Darius. So you're not going to hear me talk any smack about Darius. I, I still love that guy. I wish him nothing but the best. That guy holds all the time. So maybe there's a chance for the Lions to get a break there with with and, and have the, the crew actually you know be in their favor if they call the penalties the way that they have in the past. I don't know if his crew is intact from last year, but uh, that that was one of the things that stood out when I looked at it. By the way, if you're if you're interested in tracking that kind of stuff, footballzebras.com is the place to go. Run by a former official. A lot of officials actually check check it on there, and you can check all the stats from all the times. Uh, NFL penalties is also a good resource for uh, different different crews and how they attack things there, there's there's internet sites for everything folks so oh, rule 34 all right uh yeah and so really quick how big a role will craig reynolds have in the backfield we'll talk about that a little bit i wouldn't i wouldn't see a whole lot um from this game from him i wouldn't expect a whole lot um pers- first pick you might see him as the kick returner yeah yeah maybe first pick six of the season who do you who do you uh who would you guess riz I'm, you know, it, it, weird things happen. Remember when Quandre Diggs got that one? Yeah. First game of, of yeah, first play. the Matt Patricia era yeah. that didn't end well. Uh, it, it, might, it might be, I'm like, it might be, uh, it could be Chase Lucas for all we know. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. I, 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 you know what? I'm going to go Alex Anzalone because he's he's in there. He, he plays in the range where Jalen Hurts likes to throw to Dallas Goddard. And go. if 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 he drops unexpectedly and Jalen doesn't see him, number thirty four with the blonde hair could flow right into the end zone, and it'll probably be off of a lineman's hand. You know what I mean? It'll be that little yeah. tip up and, and drop in. That's that's I, I see that. That's that's fair. Yeah. Dark horse candidate Demetrius Taylor who gets his hand on a pass in every freaking practice. Yeah, how he made the team. Yeah, he's he's good. <laughs> he's good. He's got a lot. He's got a bright future. All right. Else uh, as bad as Glasgow got called for the legal face to the hands against the Bears. Yep, that was that was a tough one. Um, all right, we'll get into the next piece here. Um, we got to talk about this. Did you see what's going on with Wendy's? With the whole. <laughs> Yeah, you seen the news? No, I don't know. When these nuts across your face, um, <laughs> you missed it again. <laughs> I'm gonna do it again just for you. When these nuts drag across, <laughs> I can't not. It's Campbell. I can't. Um, yeah. Okay. There you go. So we got we got that going on. We got the game preview coming on Friday. Don't miss that. Uh, and also Wendy's nuts drag across your face. I want to talk a little bit about hard knocks because the finale was great. Um, we saw a lot. Rodrigo uh, Bruce is there talking about Rodrigo. That's going to be awesome. He could be a first pick potential as well. Uh, continue that fantasy with those those quads just bursting out of the jeans. I mean, he's going to rip some football pants this year. I have a feeling, but we'll see. Uh- <laughs> Ladies won't mind. What a great episode. I mean, this is always a hard episode, the the cuts, and it's always the sad story, a bit of a downer. I didn't get that as much this time. This was a different kind of final episode of Hard Knocks than the 17 seasons prior that we've watched. This really, there was, there was a lot about that you could pull out of the team, the leadership, the players, the connection they have, and how they work this. This was really great insight 
I think about the team. And I, I want to start off really quick. Uh, a couple of quotes from uh, guys that, that made the team and what they said when they're finding out they don't have a job. All right. And uh, there's three of these I'm going to hit real quick. Let's uh, do this one first. I appreciate you guys too. Yeah. I know it's tough, but thanks for shooting me straight and giving me the op. And the story's still being written for all of us. I wish the best for, for both of you guys. You guys are hell of a dudes. And I know um, your impact is even more than you probably know. So keep going. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Thank you, so much. Thanks, man. Yeah. You too, man. Whoever says that to the bosses when they're being told they don't have a job. I mean, talk about a testament to the people that, that Dan and Brad are. You know what I mean? It's And then it's like, okay, well, that guy's a kiss ass or whatever. He wants to get back. He wasn't on the practice squad. He wasn't offered a spot in the spot on the, but on the practice squad. They told him he was going to make it somewhere else, and they hope he does. And uh, they, they said, you know, I hope you ball out when you when you play against us, man. You deserve it. I mean, there's something there. There's a, a connection between Dan as a player. I mean, then we go back to Sean Dion Hamilton coming back. This player to coach kind of connection. These guys that have been there, it means a lot. And you could see that Godwin, his his you know his reverence, if you will, for uh, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell was was really something to see. And it is interesting that he is still unemployed. Uh, and that's that's got to be thrown out there. Uh, yeah, the the class with which he handled like like they so and remember Godwin is a guy they came to him a year ago and it's like you will not make this team at safety. We want you to try and salvage your career. Let's try to make you a running back, and they tried, and he just wasn't one of the four or five best running backs on on the team. Um, I wonder about that assessment, but that, that's their that's their call. And I, I, I do think they were straight with him. And I, I think his, his appreciation for that is uh, it says a lot about how the, this team and this organization treats its players. And to be able to see this, this is the other thing from Hard Knocks. You know, when Patricia was here, the word was out. And, and, and Diggs and Slay and everybody was saying, basically, don't go to Detroit. Don't play for that regime. They are terrible. Anybody who sees what's going on here in front, as a player can look and say, that's a place where I'd love to play. That's a coach I would love to play for. Um, that's an organization that's getting it right. And to make that kind of a U-turn that fast, that's that's a, a key piece of any kind of rebuild that you're trying to do is to become a destination spot for people. And, um, you know, you're fighting against, you know, states like Florida who have no uh, income tax, right? No state income tax. All of a sudden, you know, oh, you could play for the Rams, but it's a 13% income tax versus zero. That's a pretty big difference in your paycheck. Um, so you're fighting against those kind of states as as a, a, a team in Detroit. And this is this is good to see. This is good to see that they can build this kind of piece. We'll go on. Uh, Jared Davis. Here's a guy who had a hard time, drafted by the old regime who left Went to the Jets, didn't work out, came here. Here's what Jared had to say. You guys got a tough job, man, but uh, thank you for guys. how you guys carry yourselves. And appreciate the man you are. Appreciate you, man. All day. Appreciate you. All day. Catch y'all later, all right? All right, JD. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate the man you are. <laughs> to the guy who's letting you go. It says a lot. It says a lot about the character. It absolutely does. And we'll get into yeah. one more guy. Uh, had a, a little uh, conversation with him on his way out. He was done. He was leaving. And he stopped and turned 
to see this. And by the way, just to say, I, I just appreciate you having me here. And, you know, man, like, I just, like I told someone last night, like, I see what y'all doing here, both of y'all. You know, you're building a winning program, but also you're building a culture where men can be themselves. And I, I see that, I appreciate that. So appreciate thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Have a good day. We'll see you. So he's, right, and he's on his way back to the practice squad, but the idea that you can be uh, the person you are there is 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 huge. And it's when I started my new job a, a year and a half ago, you bring your whole self to work. We hired you for who you are, and that's the person we want you to bring to work. That's a, that's a big statement. That means a lot. And, you know, as a person, you know, as an employee, you love to hear that, that you're appreciated for who you are and what you bring and all of your specific experiences. And that's basically what he was saying right there. And I love it. It's a great way to go through a job and and, and great place to work as an employee rather than have to have to cover whatever it is that you're doing that you don't want people to find out because it's not professional or whatever else. So uh, good for him. Good for them to build out that. And um, you saw it over and over in Hard Knocks this week of, of what these guys brought as far as organizationally and what they bring inside as far as how this how they run this organization and what the culture is inside. And that's a huge turnaround from where they were a year ago. Uh, with, with the Patricia regime or in a year. Hearing Jared Davis and he had to have been a tough cut, man. Yeah. <laughs> like like I, I, playing wise, it was easy to cut him. Like he, he clearly wasn't one of the best 53. He was not one of the best five or six. He wasn't he was one of the top six linebackers. They got somebody else who was better than him also. Um, but man, the history that he has with the team, the history that he has the friendship that he has with Alex Hanscaloni, the the ties that he has, like that's hard, man. He gave everything that he had, and it just wasn't good enough. And I, I do give Jared Davis some credit. I think he knew it. I think he realized it. And and he's back. He's back on the practice squad. That's something that Dan talked about in his press conference this morning. Um, after all of us had watched it last night, he you know got asked you know about the or the strength of the team is the team. Yep. Um, so, seems like we've heard that from uh, Bo Schembechler before, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. They play it before every Michigan game a lot. <laughs> um, you know the the team, the team, the team before their their egomaniacal head coach makes everything about himself. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> um, and then we saw a lot from Campbell. This is what he said about losing Blau. Blau, they they wanted to pull back on the practice squad, but the the Vikes picked him up as we talked about last week. This is what he said. You saw we lost Blau, Minnesota. I know it's like the worst. Like that's the absolute worst that could have happened. No, just because I think he feels like this is a dead end street here. We're there. He may still have a chance to compete as a number two eventually so I just talked to him he was you know it was hard and he shook up and I told him I said man I get it I understand there you go that's that's a player talking to a player right that's the Campbell having been there and done that and that gives Blau reason to pause shook up about making the move which is the right move for him right it, it kind of hoes the lines yes. a little bit it's why Tim Boyle is on the practice squad but uh, and I like Tim Boyle as a person a lot, just just to be clear. Uh, but it it, it 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 jacked up their plans, and he knew it. But that's he went that way, and he had the conversation with his former coach. There's a lot of respect there, right? There's a lot of respect there. And I'm, I am, for one, I'm not worried about David Blau divulging the the playbook to the, the Vikings defense. So by the time they play them, there's enough film out there that like you can get a, maybe a little bit of an advantage. Like you might understand their audible calls or their signals. 
if the Lions don't change it by then, by the way, they deserve to get burned by letting him go. <laughs> the thing that I don't like with the Blau situation is this is a guy who made the initial 53-man roster, comes in Wednesday morning, and finds his replacement is sitting next to him in the freaking auditorium. Yeah. That's crap, man. When you make that initial 53, they need to do something to ensure that you're still on that roster so you don't go through what he did. That's and that's not a Lions thing. That's an NFL thing. I talked about this on the huge show when I was on it today. Yeah. If you make that initial 53, you should be cut proof for two weeks. Like that's your roster, but you can claim guys off waivers, find find a way to stash them somewhere on like a, like on your practice squad. So they come up or, you know, but if you, if you make it and you get cut and you're not hurt, that, that's wrong, man. And then again, that's not a Lions thing. That's, not a deal. that's an NFL, NFLPA issue. And I know the NFLPA has had some people grumble about that. JC Treader, when he was with the Browns, was the NFLPA president. He talked about it, a little bit about it. And he's like, it's not, it's just not something that has, has been that hot button of an issue because it hasn't happened to anybody important yet, is what he was effectively saying. David Blau's not going to be that effectively important. But I, I hate that you can do that, that you can make the team and you're celebrating and you're happy. Oh, yeah, I got it. And then the next day you come in and like, oh, sorry, we found somebody better than you after we told you you were good enough. And that's that's bullshit, man. That's the NFL's got to stop that. I don't like that at all. All right. I have a quick quiz for you, Riz. And oh, here to, to finish that one off, the, just reference that. The bullshit. So there you go. Uh, there you go. I want I think you'll answer this quickly. This is uh, arising out of the chat. But I want you to tell me this is about a quarterback. Who is the most overrated, um, unproductive piece of crap that is loved by simpletons, simps, and idiots that's ever played in the NFL? Why are you putting this on a T for me? I'm, I'm wary now with all these D's nuts things. <laughs> yeah, uh, he won number 13 for Miami. There you go. There you go. <laughs> 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 just one, and it's really not a close competition. <laughs> yep. Just, uh, I'll say this, and we've had this conversation. I'm taking you back to the load of beer garden in Mobile, Alabama. Yep. With uh, with four Chris Spooner sitting next to you, um, and uh, a lot of friends with us. And I said this. I was drunk then, but uh, I, I'll, I'll paraphrase. Honest. If you take Matthew Stafford's career and Dan Marino's career, and you switch. Dan Marino's second season with Matt Stafford's 10th season. They're the same freaking guy. And there's not a person in the world that at that point thought that Matthew Stafford belonged anywhere near the hall of fame, <laughs> but Dan Marino, all oh, greatest player ever went to a super bowl team, a team that was in the super bowl, never got back, but once three straight defensive rookies of the year, everybody, and nobody blames Dan for crap. The, the, he's so fucking Teflon. You got me going. Give me agitated on my anniversary. I hate how overrated he is. Doesn't mean he was bad. I'm just saying that he. If, if you've got him in your like, and then I'll, I'll use the line I've used several times. If I need a quarterback to throw a pass, Dan Marino is in my top three. If I need a guy to lead my team, he's not in my top three. Yep. All right, we're gonna get that. We got that. Hey, Sam, man, you got it, brother. There you go. See you. Um, let me, uh, I think Sam was at that, that table, by the way, he was. <laughs> <laughs> poor spoon. We were both ready to, to step in. Uh, <laughs> I love Chris, man. I felt so bad for him. 
All right, last of the pieces here for um, <laughs> Burrito the Goat. Oh, man, that guy's a toehead. Uh, all right, let's get this uh, last piece of, of Campbell reflecting on the two days of cuts that had to happen. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, if it doesn't hurt, it's time to get out of this business. Yeah, yeah. I'm better. Yeah. I'm better than I was yesterday, yeah. the day before. Two days of the worst. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So there you go. He's he's not a liar. He's you know these are the kind of behind the the scenes looks. He's not you know ha- um, putting it on for the camera there. That's what you get. I want to talk though, and Sandman being in the chat right now is ideal because we all kind of landed at the Senior Bowl same time. I think it was Hank's first year with the Lions, and he's the Senior Bowl, and we all said. Holy crap, this guy, this guy gets it. And he's lasted, you know, through the, the Patricia years um, into now um, a, a, an absolute perfect fit. Almost lost him to the, the Steelers. We've talked about that. Absolute perfect fit. Hank Fraley. This is a highlight that I just had to put in there because Hank, after Ease gets notified that he's he's not, you know, making the 53, Hank still spends time with him one-on-one. And, and and does, you know, what a man does, right? And he starts talking to him about what it's going to be, what things are going to look like, and what's expected of him. He isn't letting him down easy. He's he's setting the expectations, but he's also giving him what he needs to know to be able to achieve and be successful. That's what a great leader does. You don't just tell throw someone, go do this. You tell them what success looks like. And, and I want you guys to hear this because this is a lot about what we saw with Hank there at the Senior Bowl that just put him on the radar as being very, very special at what he does. You're a lot better than you were when you first got here, right? Going forward, though, what's expected, this isn't like a scholarship, right? It's not like, hey, you're here for the whole year or all that. I want you to make sure you put your head down and grind, man. You have a lot of ability ability in there. You know, you got God-given talent. You got length that everybody wants in this league. But you got to just... Every day, just put it, try to put it together, and every day it should be, what am I going to get? Take something, like, think of something that day. That's really what I'm going to concentrate on. Like, I'm going to really concentrate on my first step in the running game. And how do you, that, like, that That should be written down in your notebook. He's just saying, already pulled his notebook like, out. Daily. You know what? I'm going to concentrate really throwing both my hands and pass pro. You know, mm-hmm. like, if you think of that daily, one thing that I'm really going to concentrate on, and you da- do that daily, you're going to become a hell of a player. That's yes, not going to come overnight, but it's going to come out of hard work, and you got to be willing to put it in more than anybody else in here. Yes, and you shouldn't let anybody outwork you, anybody. So I'm glad you're back. I think you got talent, but I want you to be like, man, don't bring anybody else in this building because I want to be the next guy in. There you go. I mean, seriously, if you're sitting there, just just kind of translate this to your job, what you do, and your boss sits you down and tells you, and you know, <laughs> you're on the verge of getting fired, and tells you what's expected of you in, in this way. I mean, this is it, right? This is a coaching session. This is absolutely uh, coaching somebody up, up and trying to get something out of him. He's got all the tools. He just doesn't have the time in the game. And and this is a coach that sees that. And I think 
if I if if I were to kind of project a little further, I think some of the other coaching staff is doing some evaluations of Frank on what he can do with this raw talent because you heard we didn't have it here, but Brad talked about um, uh, what they expect and it's player development. They expect and they are big on player development there. This is it. This is Hank. Develop this guy. What can we get out of him? Get the most out of him. Absolutely. Um, and I, just one of the things that struck me last night was the Dan Skipper conversation. Like he was, he gave the best, like I, I've seen a hell of a lot of Dan Skipper over the years. Dan Skipper was the best Dan Skipper he could be this summer. Yeah. And that, that, that was, that was tough. That was a tough cut. Like, and he asked, what could I have done? Is there anything I can do? Right. He's on the practice squad. I love to see him there because I think Dan's another guy with a lot of talent and a lot of potential. And that was, that was a tough cut. He's again, another dude who's a really, really great guy. Like to see him interacting with the fans at training camp and um, just a great dude. And he didn't have to. He didn't have to, but he did. I mean, it's, 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 there's something about this team and these players. And and he is a guy who would have had other options if he wanted them. Like he's, he's been around the block a long time. He had, he can play either tackle position showed up pretty well this summer. He's better than some guys who made some teams. Uh, And, but he, he he chose to stay in Detroit after that. Mm -hmm. I think that says a lot about the culture. You know, we, a lot of times culture gets talked of derisively. The Lions have a culture, and he's part of it, and he's wanted to stay part of that. Yep. That's that's saying something. When 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 guys in the past would get cut, like their agent is calling 31 other teams, please get me the bleep out of this here. Um, and that's not happening anymore. That, that in and of itself is progress. Um, and it, it's unfortunate that it has to be considered that, but that's where we are. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There's another one here that I want to put, and this is one, this is towards the end. Uh, Dan Campbell was asked the Detroit, the 2022 Detroit lions will. And then he had answered that. And there's, you know, it's more than a pregnant pause. I mean, unless you're talking about quintuplets, but I think it, I think it, 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 the the weight of this moment means something. So uh, just take a second. This is probably the longest period of no sound you're going to hear on the show, but it's, it's worth it for, (laughs) for, for the effect of the moment. The 2022 Detroit lions will. Um, number of ways I can go with that. Um, <clears throat> the 2022 Detroit Lions will be the team that can and will. That's it. <laughs> Three second answer, 50 seconds of thinking to get that answer. But yeah. it meant he's something. trying to give an honest answer. I love that, Chris. Love yeah. yeah, that was I mean, he, he could have gone a number of ways, like he said, right? And I, I'm, I'm just thinking, like when I was sitting there watching it, I'm like, 
I would just have flipped it back and said in tw- the 2020 Detroit Lions will and make it a statement instead of a, a question. That's what, what, what popped into my head. But I, I like where he came up with it. I like where he landed. That was um, that was well done. And he he truly thought about that. You know what I mean? He 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 was he, the gears were churning in that moment. He wasn't just doing that for uh, a moment. It was clear that he didn't anticipate the question and was searching for both an answer that wouldn't cause controversy, but also like would show that he was thinking about it and was sincerely answering. And I think he did a good job with it. Yep. Um, I, I don't know if he could have done any better than that. And then that, and you go from that and you do want to talk about getting the real Dan Campbell again, behind the scenes, um, no, no, you know, no, no, no macking for the camera or anything. Here's him. I think he's questioning the old, his self with the things he's saying, but check this out. Oops. Come back, come back. All right, here he comes. Sorry about that. Start calling Juju cinnamon sticks. Cinnamon sticks. This guy. <laughs> it's like cinnamon sticks. This guy. <laughs> he's talking about himself. Oh God, it's great! It's great, and then of course my one of my very very favorite, and this one is done, definitely going to turn into a drop. Just the first part, but are you pooping? What, dude? Are you pooping? Oh, that's great! That's great. Um, oh my goodness! The thing that I learned from Hard Knocks this season: two couple things. One. I just want it every year. I want the Lions on hard knocks every year. I used to be worried and nervous about it. I loved it. I absolutely loved seeing my team in that way and get the, the, the what's going on and understand. But I think the other thing we saw is, and you guys know I this is, you know, whatever, but we saw servant leadership. We saw what they meant back when everyone was squealing about who's making football decisions and had no idea what they're talking about or how this team was going to run. You saw the fruits of what they were doing and the mindset that they had when they were putting this out there and people just didn't get it. And I think as, you know, think of yourself as an employee who wouldn't want to work in an atmosphere like that where your supervisor knows what you do, has experienced what you do and can empathize what you do, but still expects you to do a good job, right? I mean, there's something to be said for that. There's something to be said for that. It, it was such a great exemplification of what you preach on the servant leadership front and the fact that they embrace it and they showed it numerous times throughout the series. So that's what they're all about. That was uh, uh, for me, it was validating for you. I'm sure you felt the same way too. I just, I just want to be there. I want to go work there. I mean, that, that's, that's that kind of, I mean, I, I, my job where I'm at, we very much have in my, in my space is, is we, we kind of live and, and die by that. And we're, a, we're a happy group of people that do, you know, great work. It doesn't exist everywhere, but people want to come work for us. People want to want, they want to leave the other parts of the company and come to where we're at because they recognize what it means. And anybody anywhere can be a leader, no matter where you work and no matter what level you are, you too can be a leader. So just think about that and, and how you approach these things, because it makes a difference and for you and the people around you. Um, what does Wayne Fonts think of this team and staff? We will ask him. We will ask him. Well, you will ask him. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, I'll ring him up. He just he lives a couple miles down the road, two doors down from my friend. <laughs> Meet him at Smoothie King. Bring him a cigar. You're yeah. set. 
Uh, we'll we'll have him on again. Um, and we have some actually some other plans actually with Wayne. So we'll uh, we'll we'll do that uh, here in the next two months. We'll have some coverage with him. It's going to be great. Uh, got some really good stuff we're working on as well, and we'll talk about that in here in the next couple of weeks and launching that. Uh, and then there's a whole other super cool thing we're working on. And I saw you in there, Sam. Man, we'll uh, we'll talk about that very shortly too. <laughs> oh, I know that. I know this one. It's so cool. It's so cool. So. Got a lot going on uh, with that. I don't want uh, hit the like subscribe for everyone that's there. We appreciate when you do that. It helps us out, helps the show out. It's free. You can do it just in a, in a quick second. Um, want to also say big thanks to uh, Stephen Edwards for his subscription. Thanks for uh, doing that for us. Uh, Amazon Detroit Lions podcast.com hooks us up. Um, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com hooks us up as well. It takes you straight to Amazon, straight to fanatics to get all your, your lions or U of M or, uh, Gators <laughs> gear, hook it up, good stuff, and uh, we get a little piece of that. Take that money out of Bezos' pocket and, and put a couple pennies in ours. Uh, looks like Dolphins are predicting two and fifteen ceiling for the team. Good luck, maybe with Dan Marino. Marino, you could get to three wins. Uh, all that stuff going on. Thank you, everyone. We're going to call that a show. Riz, thanks a lot. Happy anniversary, my man. Remember, remember, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Uh, get access. If you get in there for about five bucks a month or more, you get access to the Slack chat where we have a ticket exchange. We've got all kinds of great stuff going on. Really cool stuff there. Uh, also follow us on Twitter at Jeff Risden, as you see there, and at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, the very, very best place to see us pants free and and, and doing our thing. I just had this feeling of like uh, I was going to be walking around without any pants on. I wanted some fucking pants, but I didn't have pants. This is all I had in my locker. <laughs> he's, he's, tell me he doesn't listen. Tell me. Tell me they don't listen. Uh, also, give us a call on Skype. Do the chat somewhere under a pseudonym. We got to smoke him out. <laughs> oh, man. Detroit Lions podcast. All one word. Detroit Lions podcast. Or call us in the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. 929-335-4667. Uh, give us a call. Leave a message. We'll get you on the show. We'd love to have you on the show. And uh, look, the drunker you are, the funner it gets. This week, we've got our game preview on Friday. We've got our live post-game show right after the game. Don't miss that. It's going to be a riot. I promise you. Uh, we'll take your calls live. Do all that like we normally do. Uh, be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast. So, Riz, what do we do when you do that? That way I can come into your ear hole automatically. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, and no Dolphins fans because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>